Hey, welcome back to the C3 Podcast. This is your host, John McKinley, and this week, Pastor Robbins continuing our 2022 series, A Year to Thrive. Here's a short clip. We settle into ruts and grow lax about our personal discipline and our lifestyle habits. And then what do we do? We sacrifice the time we had set aside to pray, to worship, to read the word. We hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like, go to c3pottstown.com and plan a visit to join us in person next Sunday. Well, we're closing down. Next week will probably be the last one. The series on thriving. But the whole theme for the year is 2022, a year to thrive. And uh, it's, it's a good year so far, as far as I'm concerned. We are, uh, we're closing in on eternity. Isn't that great? We, we were just, my wife and I were just talking yesterday about how everything just comes together. And how, you know, the earth, think about it. The earth, how come no other planet has water like the earth has, is just the right distance away from the sun, um, is, has air for creation like us to breathe and live? I mean, that just didn't happen. You know, that Big Bang thing? I think there's a Big Bang going on in people. Oh, I better not say that. But, uh, and, and I was reading a scripture just this week about how the Lord hung the stars in the sky like a curtain. You know, it's estimated there's 200 billion stars out there. I don't know who counted them. But we've got one main one here, the sun, and it's not near as big as some of the other ones that they know about. Just the right size for us to live. If that doesn't excite you, I don't know what would. God has created everything for our benefit. Why? Because we're created in his image. That has nothing to do with my notes. Um, <laughs> what, what I want to talk about today is change. You know, one church, people walked in and, and they looked above the door and it says, we all shall be changed. And then they realized it was the nursery. <laughs> you know, change either forces us to survive or it reveals opportunities for us to thrive. I guess she just thought I asked her something. She says, here's what I found on the web. <laughs> wow, my watch is talking to me now. <laughs> While change of any kind is rarely easy, it's often positive and necessary. It's often inevitable. You know, in the tech world, programmers, engineers, analysts, they rely on new discoveries more efficient methods, system upgrades to improve security, speed, and operational integrity. I mean, when your phone gets an upgrade, it's often done to protect it, uh, to prevent viruses, 
to patch glitches that were overlooked in other versions. They increase size capacity. They provide cloud accessibility and uh, add new layers of protection against hacking and file corruption, identity theft. I mean, this explains why our smartphones require regular updates. Now, don't be too impressed with all that. I just read it all in a book, all right? I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> but we know what happens. Change happens. You know, I, I get up in the morning, I look at my phone, and it says, hola. What in the world? They just did an update, and they don't remember that I speak English. Well, we shouldn't get intimidated by change because it's necessary for growth. Whether we're talking about technology, relationships, or ministry methods, change prevents stagnation, resignation, and over-familiarity. God constantly refines, he prunes, and he prepares us for what he has called us to do next following the voice of, of his spirit and relying on his power enables us to embrace change without fear, trusting that our growing pains, no matter how severe, will draw us closer to God and enable us to serve his kingdom with greater impact. Isn't that our goal? Yeah. Among many lessons learned from uh, this global pandemic, <laughs> And you know, what, you think that it's about over and then it's not over. I mean, I'm confused by it all, but we can learn some lessons from it. We can learn some lessons from its collateral damage. When we realize how many everyday necessities are really luxuries. We realize how many blessings we take for granted or have gradually felt entitled to enjoy all the time, including our physical and mental health, our employment and finance, family and homes, transportation and food. When, when we grow too accustomed to anything, we face the temptation to overlook it or take it for granted over time. This includes our, our spiritual development, our faith in God. We settle into ruts and grow lax about our personal discipline and our lifestyle habits. And then what do we do? We sacrifice the time we had set aside to pray, to worship, to read the word, and to listen to the Holy Spirit. We, we let frantic busyness consume our stressed minds and our exhausted bodies. We surf and we scroll on our phones instead of unplugging and relating with our loved ones face to face. I mean, just looking for a new normal has, has faced us out of our comfort zones, out of our comfort routines. They forced us to take a long, hard look at who we are, what we believe, how we treat each other, what we want for this world, and what we want for our children and for our children's children. Friends, an important part of thriving is preparing and developing the next generations who will come behind us. 
You see, with everything that's happening in our world, did I just, my, where are we at here? There we are. With everything that's happening in our world today, with the boost of lawlessness, can, can you believe what's going on in parts of the country? Lawlessness? And then all the immoral behavior that's going on? And then, then worldwide we have wars and rumors of wars? Hey, we've got to live like Jesus is coming today. But we've got to occupy and plan like he isn't. Here's what Jesus said to Mark. He says, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the son himself. Only the father knows. And since you don't know when that time will be, will come, be on your guard. Wow. I'm starting your notes now if you're following along with your notes. God calls us to be good stewards. In, in the corporate world, succession plans are essential for making transitions from leader to leader, team member to team member, as smooth, seamless, and as stable as possible. I mean, large organizations, institutions, even ministries and churches, they know that people come and go. Sometimes it's expected, and other times they leave for reasons that are not planned. So along with businesses, churches shouldn't rely on a, just a, an individual or, or a specific personality to, to sustain growth and productivity. It takes everyone working together, a team to commit to keeping the mission alive regardless of the changes. Fundamentally, it's a generational principle in Scripture. God calls us to be good stewards of all we're entrusted with for His purposes and not for our own. This means that we're blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to be conduits of grace. We're blessed to be conductors of generosity. When we focus ourselves on ourselves, other than, um, in other words, Things that are good for us, we hold tightly to what we have and slip into the mindsets that have us believing that we can control our own lives. I just wrote the other day as I was journaling, you know, we, we want to make changes in our lives and make things better, but we don't. We just keep going the way we're going. Now, I know this kind of seems like it's going to be out of line for the next point, but it's not. It sticks right along with it. It says, when we become hoarders, we lose sight of God as our source and of everything. Of God is our source of everything in our lives. Jesus confronted this mindset in different ways throughout his ministry on the earth. It, it kind of brings to thought the abundance of storage units. Think about that. I, I, I'm told the, the, the next project over here at the mall is going to be storage units. I don't know what they're doing at the far end, but uh, whether it's inside the mall or they're building something. But, of course, I've heard a lot of things that's going to happen over there that didn't. But, you know, 
They even have a reality show on storage units. Well, now we're watching the reruns of the reality show of storage units. You know, they, they've got storage units that you can just pull a vehicle in and just park it. There you go. They have other ones that it's, it's like a, a ghetto, okay? It's, it's 10 buildings with, with doors all along. And then they have one that we passed yesterday, and my wife says, boy, that's got to be expensive in there because it's heated and cooled. Storage units. It reminds me of a parable that Jesus told about a rich man who, who had a great crop one year, but he had no place to put it. So listen to what the scripture says. It says, then he said, I know I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God responded to this. Listen, it says, but God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? And Jesus concluded with an application. He says, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. The rich man, God himself called him a fool. He was short-sighted. He lost his understanding of why we're given abundant harvests. <clears throat> the answer, of course, emerges from another parable that Jesus told about the, the master of the household. He was going away and he gave three servants three different amounts. Let's read what happened. The servant who received five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. See, the first two servants, listen to what they were told. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The third servant, however, he blew it. He had taken his one talent and he buried it in the ground. He didn't lose it, which was his goal, because he considered that his priority. He played it safe and he risked nothing. And this servant allowed his fear to overwhelm his faith. He was afraid of losing the talent he had been given and displeasing his master. And when the master returned, the result was much worse than if the servant had invested it and lost it. This servant wasted an opportunity to thrive. Listen to what the master says. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. This servant was so focused on surviving, he missed his moment to thrive. Consequently, he had his talent taken away and entrusted to who? The first servant. And then Jesus went on to say, those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. 
But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Friends, thrivers refuse to play it safe. Thrivers embrace change rather than run from it. Thrivers know that if they don't use it for eternity, they'll lose it forever. Well, scripture says, store up your treasures in heaven. When you thrive by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're entrusted to invest all that God has given you. The Lord always expects a return on his investments. While we want his children to enjoy, while he wants his children to enjoy the abundance of gifts he gives, he wants our attitude to reflect his own gracious generosity. Simply put, the more he blesses, the more he expects us to bless others. The more he gives, the more he expects us to invest into his kingdom. The more we accumulate, save, hoard, uh, whether it's money, possessions on the earth, we can't take it with us. Only when we store up treasures in heaven can we increase our eternal legacy. Those who are intent on thriving and not just surviving know that serving God and reflecting his goodness is its own reward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to what the song says. He says, goodwill come from those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will never, uh, they will be remembered forever. Think about that. They will be remembered forever. You know, People do stuff and they're so honored and they're so blessed when they put a plaque. You know, let's talk about church, all right? If we have pews, they're plaque at the end of the pew because they paid for that pew. And that's good that they paid for that pew. But that pew won't last forever. The scripture says, they shall be righteous person will be rem- I mean heaven and earth are going to pass away but because of the way we invest into the kingdom of heaven the way you invest into the kingdom of heaven it will be remembered forever hallelujah you know how long that is no I don't either it's a long time it's a long time amen practicing righteousness Living for and investing your resources in God's purposes, the memory will be there. Hallelujah. It's a legacy that endures. That's what thriving is all about. The end game for thrivers is to leave a righteous legacy for the future generations who share freely and give generously to those in need. The psalmist goes on to say, their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. Your investing, your giving, your sharing is not necessarily about money. I mean, your finances are just a part of what you're called to invest. But everything, everything is his. He gave it to you. And you return it to him through your internal investments. 
In 2 Corinthians, we're told, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So here are some ways, some other ways you can practice godly generosity besides giving money. We'll consider four categories in which we can thrive by giving. The first one is our time. I know time's a valuable commodity now. You, you talk to someone about doing something and it's usually, well, let me get my calendar right. I don't know what, if I have the time. While the old saying claims that time is money, the time we're given though on this earth is priceless. Money comes and goes. But our time is a finite commodity. Once a day is spent, it's gone. And we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Thrivers are mindful of, of time traps. We can choose each day to spend time with God, to serve others that we're called to serve, to meet someone else's need, to bring joy and peace and hope to those we encounter. It comes from being generous with our time. Next one is talent. Each of us has been given unique abilities, talents, and gifts. We all have it. You say, well, I'm not good at anything. You are. You are. We each have diverse backgrounds. We each have experiences and opportunities. God has made you who you are for his purposes. So invest your personal talents in the lives of others in ways that will outlive any reward, any title or achievement. Give God your talents. And then the next one is, is pretty obvious, but it's easy to overlook. Attention. Every day you interact with people that God has placed in your life. Your family, your neighbors, your co-workers, friends, people who share common interests like friends and church, from church, even people you may only see occasionally. We, <clears throat> we all have countless opportunities to show kindness and patience and respect and encouragement to one another. Every time we meet someone, we reflect who God is without ever having to say a word. You know, I've blown it on plenty of occasions. And I've got to be more conscious that when I give someone attention, it's attention that's going to glorify the Lord without even saying anything about being a Christian. Then, of course, the fourth one is treasure. While money might top this list, treasures include more than just what we give to the church or to ministries or even to worthy organizations. Actually, everything we have been given falls into this category. Our jobs, our homes, our cars, our possessions, our savings, our attitudes about finances, our entire lifestyle. God calls us to be givers, to share generously with others. In fact, the Bible makes it clear that how we give to others directly affects how we ourselves will receive from on high. Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. 
You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for my wife when, in this area of life because I'm stingy. And she's not. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Generosity is a hallmark of every follower of Jesus who thrives. Investing in eternal treasures is what our life on earth is all about. Your value is not about what you accumulate. It's about what you give away, which is your time, your talent, your attention, and then let's not forget your treasure. Are you ready to leave a legacy that endures? That's what thriving is all about. That's what we've been talking about this year is thriving in the Lord. And, and this message right here is putting action behind what God has called you to do. So friends, we can save the earth, we can save the owls, we can save anything that you want to save for the next generation. But the end game for thrivers is to leave a righteous legacy for future generations. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially to spread the gospel further, please go to c3outlet.com give. Have a great week.